Hey guys, welcome back to the H2B podcast. If you're listening to this, it is July 11th, 2022, and I hope everybody had a great, great 4th of July last week. And uh, if you missed us, yeah, we didn't have an episode because it was a holiday and uh, we were shooting fireworks. So hope everyone had a good one. We've got a great episode for you this week. We've got the Creative Arts Guild with us and we've got Jesse Sutherland, who is the dance director dance director i'm gonna just let you handle it and then amanda brown who's the executive director again from the creative arts guild here in dalton and uh yeah welcome thank you happy to be here and uh yeah how are you guys doing doing well thank you pretty good yeah yeah. Yeah. (laughs) uh well tell me a little bit about the creative arts guild yeah. So the Creative Arts Guild um, was established in 1963 um, as kind of a grassroots movement of some community members who just wanted to have some arts exposure for their kiddos, but just also for the community. Mm. Um, it kind of was tied closely to the growth of the carpet industry as the carpet industry started to bring in bigger um, executives from mostly men at the time mm. from bigger cities. The wives said, well, sure, we'll move to Dalton, Georgia. But we want our kids to have mm-hmm. the arts and culture that they would would have had had we stayed in New York and Chicago and all the places. So um, kind of the wives of the, the carpet executives got together and there were some men involved, too. But we're a big girl power kind of organization um, and started what is now the Creative Arts Guild. And we have four educational departments, dance, music, visual arts and culinary arts. We do big community events uh, year round. And um, we have a running gallery that we um, showcase local and emerging artists, Mm -hmm. do a lot to support the working artists in the area, public art, community engagement, all the works. Yeah, I drive past Joel's bill. I can't remember the name of the road, but it's there like West Wall Street. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go. Um, but it's a pretty good sized building. Do you guys have like yes. a stage and everything? So we have 10,000 square feet. We do not have a stage. If anyone else out there listening who would like to help us get a stage, I'd be happy yeah. to talk to you. Uh, <laughs> but we do have uh, two dance studios in that space, a working gallery, um, some meeting space, um, some administrative offices and an arts studio, as well as a culinary arts kitchen. And one of our greatest assets is um, we have a 10,000 square foot covered but outdoor pavilion where we get to host all kinds of community events, um, rain or shine, which is whether it's raining or, or sunny, it's quite mm-hmm. beautiful underneath there. So, and of course our grounds is home to the Robert T. Webb sculpture garden, mm-hmm. which is a pretty extensive, uh, yeah. uh, selection of works from all over the country. And this last little, um, new acquisition acquisition, uh, project we, uh, went under, we um, acquired a lot more works and specifically looked for um, women sculptors. So we have one of the largest collections of women's work. Um, there's just less women sculptors out there, mm-hmm. just given the size of the materials mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, and then also we really focused on some cultural diverse backgrounds to make sure we had good representation of artists mm-hmm. in our space. So we're quite proud of of yeah. the breadth of work we we have. Yeah, I didn't know you all had like culinary arts and yes. likes to eat and cook. That, oh, uh, and let me tell cool. you, we eat well on the days that there, yeah. that was like okay, we, the days that the classes are there, it smells good. We kind of follow our noses, and sometimes we get some leftovers. It's good yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned classes down there, so like culinary classes, um, which I know there's more than just culinary, but mm-hmm. I've heard that in last time. Sure. Um, what about like? I take it like maybe if somebody was uh, involved with you all, could they come down there and like use the commercial kitchen space and things like that? Or is it just a class based? Because it's a teaching kitchen, it's really just a catering kitchen. It can't be, it's not the same as a commercial kitchen. So you can't like come in and and cook for your business through it. Um, but certainly it allows us to host our events. So the the majority of the meals that serve people have to be cooked off site, but you can come in mm-hmm. 
and use it kind of to warm and prepare and serve. Oh, okay. It's just kind of the way that a kitchen yeah, is yeah. Um, regulated, set up a little bit differently. Yeah. But um, the educational piece, we wanted to have amateur cooks be allowed in there. Yeah, yeah. So we had to go a different route than what a commercial kitchen would be like. But that's why. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. What kind of, I don't, I don't I don't mean to latch on. I just like to cook. Oh, it's and eat. good. We were uh, excited to launch. It's our newest yeah. educational program. No, that's awesome. Like, what kind of cooking classes? Do you have? So it really depends. We even have some for kids this summer, which uh -huh. has been a lot of fun. We were kind of focused on like a theme a month, and um, we've done everything from like the the kind of fad of sheet pan cooking. Mm. We've done um, Taco Tuesdays. Mm -hmm. We've gotten um, you know how to prepare for a Super Bowl party, and then how to prepare an elegant meal for Christmas or entertaining over the holidays, New Year's things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and we've done kind of a like how to arrange a table with with the flowers and decor, and then also the meal from beginning to end. And for Thanksgiving, we had a fun one that was kind of like what dishes you can take that would be a fun potluck, but mm -hmm. maybe something you wouldn't necessarily expect, but something that travels well. So we've tried to theme them around different things. And one of the coolest things is during COVID, we actually did Zoom cooking classes. So um, I got to participate in a lot of those. So we'd have our um, executive chef kind of in her kitchen teaching us and then we'd all be in our kitchens mm -hmm. and it was just really cool to like, Oh wait, Oh yes, I have that spice. Let me go grab it and <laughs> see everyone's kitchen. And then we all kind of showed our plates at the end to the camera. So we've done a variety of things with it. Um, and some, you know, beer and burger pairings, wine and mm -hmm. dessert pairings for Valentine's day, things like that. Yeah. That does sound fun. Honestly, an online cooking class sounds like the way. Oh, it was fantastic. We really class. enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. Cause you're in your own kitchen, you're using your own materials and we could say mm -hmm. to the chef, you know, Hey, these are the pans I have, which one's better for what we're working mm -hmm. on right now. And you know, you utilize your materials. How, yeah. how to poach an egg and make eggs Benedict. Oh yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I learned some breakfast and brunch which things. An and invaluable I've kept. skill. Yes. Exactly. Right. It is an invaluable skill. It is impressive. Skill. Yeah. When it pulls together. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and once you learn how to do it, it's really not that hard, yep. but it's really yeah, that's right. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about some of the dance and uh, ballet stuff you guys have going yep. on. Yep. So there. we offer ballet, jazz, tap, modern and hip hop classes in our programming for all ages. We mm -hmm. start as young as 18 months old and go all the way through adults. Um, right now we're in our summer schedule. So we've got weekly ongoing classes for the summer. We have camps and, you know, again, classes for all ages. I just wrapped an adult ballet class and then we ran over here. Um, so we are we're, we're doing it. We're yeah. just dancing like crazy all the time. No, that's a ton. I, I was involved with the, I went to MTSU for my college career and was involved with the MTSU dance theater nice. company up there doing their media and all that's that. Great. It was a good time. Like, yeah, I, yeah. It's, I don't understand it, but I like watching it. That, yeah. And that's what matters. You know, yeah. art is subjective. We like what we like because yeah. we like it. Yeah. Right. So there's something impressive. for everybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's super impressive. Like the athleticism. Yeah. Of it, super impressive. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, and you had mentioned some visual arts and things like that going on over there as well. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. we do have a comprehensive visual arts program. We've offered pottery and painting and life drawing and um, all kinds of different classes for all different ages as well. And of course, our entire class schedule is online at creativeartskill.org where you can see all of the options that we have for all ages in all of the different disciplines. And then rounding that out is our music department. So we um, have a variety of private lessons in music, mm -hmm. everything from voice to many, many instruments. We have mm -hmm. many teachers that teach under um, kind of our roof and in our studios. Um, and then we do have a couple of just kind of introductory music classes for young kiddos who just want to come and bang on a drum and get mm -hmm. some rhythm in them um, to kind of get started. 
That's awesome. And speaking as a parent too, aside from being dance director at the mm. Guild, I'm a parent of kids who have taken classes at the mm. Guild their entire lives. They have grown up at the Guild. For me, one of, and I've always said this, one of the most impressive things to me is that you have an organization that's created almost like a college where you have a department head in charge of each of the departments, which means you're getting excellent training mm. in each of the departments versus one person who's really strong in one area is trying to teach the classes in all the other areas as well. Well, that isn't the case for us. We've got a department head over each department. So you've got the right instructors in each of those genres. And so it's like a, a one-stop shop. You know, my daughter just started voice lessons this week and she's in um, a musical coming this summer. So so for her, she's in dance classes like crazy. She's done art classes like crazy. Mm -hmm. And now she's in voice lessons there. So for me as a parent, too, it's so great to be able to come into an organization where I know that there is excellent quality instruction mm -hmm. in all of these areas, these avenues for our kids. No. And what. uh like, forgive me if this is State on Yule's website. I didn't. I just found out you guys were coming in yesterday, so I had to <laughs> scramble a little bit and do my research. Uh, what, what's the setup on pricing and whatnot for these things? Like, is it a community service or? So typically there is a $30 registration fee during the school year yeah. and that opens and that is per family. So that opens your entire family up to be able to take classes in any of the departments. And then after that, generally it's monthly tuition um, or a session tuition. If, yeah. if it's put together a six week session or um, if you're going by a month, it's, it's just kind of adjust that way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and very, very, very competitive pricing. With yeah. No, I mean. And yeah, and I'll just mention if it ever runs into an issue of, of cost, we offer lots of scholarships and we kind of pride ourselves in not turning someone away if there is mm -hmm. a financial need. So, um, you know, we, we get put a good bit of our operational budget towards scholarships. Um, and in addition to that, we have a lot of donors who specifically give mm -hmm. towards scholarship, um, you know, options for kiddos and um, and adults, too. But, yeah. you know, we just we don't want anyone to, to not have access to the arts just because yeah. of a socioeconomic mm -hmm. um, need. No, I was, I think that's super important and awesome. You guys are doing that. And that is 30 bucks to like, not for the class, but to like register, you said. Yep. And, then, and that's just once a year. There's no yeah. registration fee with summer classes at all. It's just tuition or a session cost. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's really cool. And mm -hmm. yeah, I was fortunate enough. I went to a, a high school that had a bunch of different arts classes. So I was able to like, I don't know, sculpting, painting, drawing, all that nice. sort of stuff. But a lot of kids don't have access to that. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, making that super affordable for people. Because honestly, it is kind of a just, uh, to some degree, mess around and see. Mm -hmm. You know, experiment. Yeah, see out. what yeah. you like, see what works for you. Yeah, yeah. And uncover some hidden talents, things you didn't mm -hmm. know you could do and could be really good at. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Man. So let me get, so visual arts, you've got dance, you got culinary arts. I don't want to leave any out here. What else? And music. Music. Mm -hmm. Sweet. Yeah. And what kind of instruments are you Is it, I know Kim had mentioned you guys have like a full orchestra. We do. We're very Sweet. excited. Yeah. yeah. So we, we do have the creative arts skill chamber orchestra. It was founded in 2016 to um, kind of accompany our snow queen performance, yeah. which we do annually in November. Um, and so we can talk a little bit more about that process, but basically we had to create the whole score. Um, it's all public domain music, but we had to score it for all the mm -hmm. musicians. Um, and then they played there. And, and from that first meeting of getting the musicians together, we're like, okay, we really want to do a pops in the park. So, um, you know, just concluding that second year last week, um, is just a huge gift to us just mm -hmm. to be able to have the opportunity to do it. And by hiring professional musicians, um, it's, it's a substantial cost, but 
as someone who supports the arts and an organization whose job it is to support that, we're validating um, people's profession. I mean, mm -hmm. it takes a lot of time and effort, um, which is money, putting, you know, into the hours you need to be a professional violin player or flautist or, you know, what your mm -hmm. instrument is. Um, so we're validating that choice as a career path um, and kind of celebrating the artists by bringing them together and and really offering, um, you know, a, a, an opportunity that really would um, is more competitive of a larger city, even though mm -hmm. we're here in, in Dalton, Georgia. And so we feel like um, our community, um, and I guess I should say also Pops in the Park specifically is free and open to the public. So to be able to have that access, um, you know, through sponsorships um, and, and support uh, from our, our generous kind of the, the presenting sponsors each year, we're able to bring that kind of access to our community. And, and that's really important to our mission and our focus of, yeah. of uplifting the arts. For all. Who doesn't like a good pops in the park? Right. Like, yeah. It's festive and it's fun. Yeah. And one beautiful part as a professional in this industry, one beautiful part that I value so very much is that we're able to cross pollinate. The fact that we now have it, Snow Queen is 17 years old. Mm. Our orchestra is six years old. And so for the last, you know, six years, we've been able to merge this joining of the music and the dance. Well, it just does nothing but elevate all of our programming. Mm -hmm. And to be able to provide that kind of opportunity yeah. for our students. Huge. Yeah. It's so meaningful. Yeah, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. So where's your where's the Snow Queen? Where's your performances? Like where do you perform at when you So we perform at the Dalton High School Theater. Okay. Um they redid it years ago and actually we've been doing it since before they redid it, but they redid it years ago. So it really we have everything we need in yeah. there from the rigging system and the lighting and all of that. Um so our performances are there each November, mm -hmm. except for last year we were talking about due to COVID 2020, we had to push back mm -hmm. that Snow Queen. So last year we actually had a January Snow Queen that would have been 2020 and then uh, a November Snow Queen. Mm. So every November we present Snow Queen generally right before Thanksgiving. Hmm, that's interesting. And you said right before Thanksgiving, the 2021 was in January. Mm -hmm. and, and then uh, the second 2021, yeah, okay. the technically <laughs> 2021 was in November. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. No, that's neat. Yeah. What, forgive me for asking what is Snow Queen? Explain. Talk to yes. me a little bit about that. Okay. So Snow yeah. Queen is a Hans Christian Anderson story. Okay. So it goes back a very yeah. long way. And in fact, the Disney movie Frozen came from the story of the Snow Queen. Oh, so that's okay. pretty exciting. Okay. Um, of course, they Disneyfied it. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, so when I was growing up, my dance director at the time did a production of the Snow Queen and I was her first Snow Queen. So it always had a very special place in my heart. So when it came time for us to do a big full length production, I, I didn't want to do what I'd done before. Mm. I, I wanted for us to be able to really make it our own start to finish. But the story meant so much to me that I, you know, went and said, Hey, this is the thing I'd like to do. And I mm -hmm. got the big thumbs up and we're going to do it. And so we created this ballet from scratch, adapting it from the Hans Christian Anderson story, of course, to make it work for a ballet. So mm -hmm. the whole thing was adapted. Um, and we created every single step of choreography, chose every single costume. We pulled the score together. There was like, if you're going to do Swan Lake, you can go online and pull the whole score mm -hmm. of Swan Lake. There was no score for the Snow Queen. So like at all, at all. So we, from scratch, pulled together the pieces of music that they want that we wanted. So then we could put it into the story that we wanted, um, start to finish. Every single thing is it's ours. This is our baby. So what is that? I mean, I play a little guitar, but like, what is sitting down? If no score is made, is that just the orchestra sitting down and just like, okay, that's a D, right? That okay, that's an E. Write that down. 
and like just slowly going through it like that? Or? So we luckily didn't have to go back and that okay. far. So we sat down and listened to pieces of music from Glasnost, from Dalib, mm. all over the place, and then hand selected different pieces of public domain music that okay. we could use to tell our story. But we had to think, you know, okay, in fall it needs to be an intense feeling, and this mm. this fall princess, well, she's pretty rough and tumble, so we need these moments to happen. So we had to find pieces of music that that were going to help us tell that story mm. through choreography. So we didn't have to create every song. We had to create the score as a sum total. Okay. Okay. And then the neat part about that too, is that is work that Jesse had done um, years ago, kind of cutting and pasting the recorded version. So then when it came time to try to bring an orchestra to life, we had to take this recorded cut and paste of all public domain music. Mm. So all those individual scores were available, mm -hmm. but the score of the snow queen, which Jesse created had not been put to work. So we had um, a guy named Rodney Bishop um, agree to help us um, over a good period of time. And he went and took all the scores because the other thing is each score might have a different compilation of, of, mm -hmm. of instruments. So he found a way to pull all those scores together in, you know, um, make sure that all the same accompaniment and the, the same uh music instruments were included all the way across the board and, and merged it together in a beautiful piece. Um, and which now includes an overture, um, and a couple of other pieces that he added in. So just in order to even be able to bring a, a, a musicians to the table, we had to have the sheet music to do so. He did that. And then we went the steps of being able to fund it and bring the musicians in and, and, and get our conductor and everyone going. So, yeah. And mm. honestly, before that even happened, we had to have an executive director who comes from a place of, yes, oh. we yeah. want to do this thing. We're going to make it happen. Yeah. So she is right. the magic maker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> trying no, to say so. All, that sounds like a robust endeavor. Like yes, for sure, but huge. something that's been like rolling for several years, and yes. so just improve it each year, like make it a and little. And truly, better. it was happening at a time where where arts funding was deeply cut all over the mm -hmm. place. Even Atlanta Ballet was having to scale mm -hmm. back their orchestra, and here we are in Dalton making this happen, and not an orchestra of amateurs. Mm -hmm. the, the, this is an orchestra of deep professionals. Mm -hmm. The music is just beautiful. It really is. Mm -hmm. Like, how big of an orchestra are we talking? 35 pieces. 35? Yes. Wow, that's mm -hmm. impressive. Yeah. Depending on the show, like I think for um, Pops last week we had 31, but yeah. 31 to 35 is kind of what we're pulling together each year. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. super. Where do you all uh, do the Pops in the Park at? Where is that? So we um, do Pops in the Park as part of the Off the Rails Summer Music Series. Uh, the Creative Arts Guild involved in the entire series as the arts and culture kind of arm for that. Mm -hmm. So what that means is we kind of wear the hat of the artist host. Mm -hmm. And so we contract all the musicians. Um, we kind of take the budget um, that is given to us and run with it for the whole stage piece of it. So we have three different um, bands playing each night. And, and when they come in, we host them and we kind of coordinate the front of house and, and the hospitality for the mm -hmm. artists and all those things um, and the negotiations and who we bring in and try to plan the season. So as part of that, uh, Pops falls into that. So we perform at Bird Performing Arts Park um, right downtown. And um, the stage, when we were working on designing that with all mm -hmm. the partners that were a part of that, um, the actual size of the stage, we knew we wanted to one day be able to bring dance there. We knew we wanted to be able to bring theatrics there, um, which I come, you know, that was another thing, this Shakespeare that has just been performed there. And we've started um, where they're, where they're producing arm of that. We also knew we wanted to fit an orchestra of 35 mm -hmm. musicians, four vocalists, all the rest. Um, so that it's, I mean, the space was kind of designed to be able to mm -hmm. house that as well. So that's our performance space and free and open venue. And like I said, 
in addition to um, the the orchestra, we've also been able to help Conestoga Shakespeare Coalition bring their dream of of live Shakespeare free mm. to the public to downtown as well. When you just had, uh, which if you're listening to this, you just had a Midsummer Night's Dream, but Correct. as of today, that's coming up this weekend, right? Correct. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. So, how long have you guys been? So this is the third production of Conestoga Shakespeare Coalition. Um, I believe we launched the years because of COVID get a little messy, but I think 2019 was when um, Henry V was their inaugural production. Um, And again, we're kind of their producing arm and they take the artistry of it. So, you know, we're, we're helping all the logistics, the marketing, um, the ticketing and all those pieces, um, the programs and banners and all those things, Mm -hmm. you know, so we're the producing arm for them. And so 2019 was Henry, I believe we skipped 2020, 2021 was 12th night, Mm -hmm. um, a Bard's day night, which was really a fun kind of twist. Mm -hmm. And then, um, this year, um, has been the Midsummer Night's Dream. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be fun. Is that happening every night this weekend or Thursday, Friday and Saturday? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So tonight. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So uh, just before we close out here, you'd mentioned a little bit before that the Creative Arts Guild sort of came about, you know, mostly women and whatnot. But tell me a little bit more about the history of the Creative Arts so, like I mean, Dalton, yeah. sure. Yes. I mean, I think uh, the Creative Arts Guild's main mission initially was to bring the arts to Dalton. Mm-hmm. I think what's happened over the years is um, you'll kind of notice the arts that live here are pretty vibrant and mm-hmm. diverse. And there's lots of organizations that contribute to the arts um, landscape that we have here now. Um, originally, the, a lot of that was seeded and sprouted from the Creative Arts Guild, um, which I believe is a very good thing because what it means is that first group of people that got together with the mission to bring arts here, mm-hmm. well, they succeeded in that mission. And now that has kind of carried forward. So what that has made us do as an organization is kind of think about who, what our role is now. If, mm. our, if our role is not just to bring the arts Um, We really turn our focus towards engagement, um, towards, you know, providing opportunities and collaborations, um, being a resource for Mm. other arts organizations and artists and and kind of being the needle that sews it all together. Um, So we do a lot of work with the other arts organizations in our community um, to pull together, just like Conestoga Shakespeare Coalition. Mm. Um, That's a great example. And we've partnered with ACT and DLT and many of the others here in town to uh, make some very cool programming happening and kind of Jesse alluded to this earlier when she talked about how beautiful it is to marry the orchestra with live music. I ended up personally in the theater and it's not because I want to be an actor. It was because to me, the theater is kind of where everything mixes and mingles together. Mm. All the arts, I mean, so I selfishly didn't want to give up dance or art or music. And I'm like, so the theater will have all of it. So I kind of think of the Creative Arts Guild in that way as that role for our community. We're that meeting ground um, where we have that cross collaboration or that cross genre arts experience. Um, We do a lot of things in our gallery where we have um, uh, literary artists writing a poem or a story response Mm. to the visual art they see. To me, you're kind of hitting that that same arts experience from two different angles and kind of deepening um, that relationship you have with the art and adding a third artist to the spot by having that, you know, writer there. So those kinds of experiences where you're kind of mixing it up and really, um, you know, looking to fold together lots of different ideas and reinterpretations of art. That's something we're really interested in. And I believe that kind of is an, is a new role that we serve in this community as, is being the, the hub 
to, to come to to do those kinds of things. And one more piece I'll add to that is I think a big part of what we do is community engagement. Mm -hmm. So um, from our huge, you know, we do huge events uh, year round. Our biggest one is festival in every September. We have a weekend long event bringing artists in. It's always the third weekend of September. We have an outdoor artist market, indoor artist market. We have a beautiful children's hill that does multicultural um, experiences for kiddos to go around and learn about different countries of the world and how the arts are um, innately part of who we are. Um, we also do Day of the Dead, Dia de los Muertos, mm. which has been a really fun collaboration to kind of highlight and celebrate the diversity um, we have here in our community and to offer an opportunity to learn from one of our um, richest cultures we have locally. And I, for one, have fallen in love with that holiday. Mm. It is just such a deep and meaningful thing. It's just about celebrating the people we've lost, which everyone can identify with and share. So those kind of cultural experiences and educational opportunities and event and celebration opportunities are really important to who we are as well. So um, that's like the second part of our, you know, arts and culture. Yeah. No, good answer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, and uh, just one last thing before we go out. You, uh, I mean, you guys got an orchestra now. You've uh, got the culinary arts over there. So clearly you've got growth that happens where where do you all see the creative arts guild going like what what's the next wow, big oh gosh this is this is wanna... what keeps me up all mm. night long every night but um i i see more and more the creative arts guild serving as that kind of um a reference point not just for our community here but our larger community in the state um, and in the region we have held that space mm -hmm. before um and i see us coming back to that space um, you know, and essentially doing what we're doing here locally, but um, on a broader level. So we're always, we always have our eyes looking out and forward. Um, it's always really important to us to ask the question, how are we, we're, we're turning 60 years, 60 years old next year. Wow. So in 2023, we will be 60 years old. We're celebrating 60th all year long. But what that takes to have staying power and relevancy now is to continue to ask the question, are we serving the community that lives here now, mm -hmm. not the one that lived here 60 years ago? Both are very important communities. They're important to our story. But in order to keep that relevance, we have to be looking forward. So we do a lot of um, focus groups and conversations with community not just leaders, but community members, so that we are serving every single person in the way that um, we feel like is important to where we are as a community. Wow, oh, awesome, guys. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Anything uh, you all want to add before we go out here? Or? Well, it's not too late to register for summer yeah. classes and camps. They are ongoing, and we have got a lot that we are offering. And then our fall registration will pick up second week in July. I think July 6th, that will go live. So check out our website, creativeartsguild.org for a complete list of classes and programming and keep up with us on social media. We're posting yeah. all the time about the things that we're doing involved in and presenting. Yeah. And I'll just add to that. I mean, a lot of what we do um, is free and open to the public. We do have some paid things. I mean, we have to support keeping the lights on, but we do the things we do, um, you know, with the ticketing piece so that we can support the things that are free and open. So um, don't be afraid to walk in our door um, come mm -hmm. see us on any random day. We would love to teach you about who we are and talk to you about arts. And again, we welcome 
everybody um, from all walks of life. And you don't have to dress up to come. These are the questions we get a lot. Um, And I'll lastly say, I mean, H2B's partnership with us for the last 15 years has been really critical. Um, You know, not, I mean, definitely the Snow Queen for the last 15 years, um, Kim and and the team have worked uh, to develop kind of the branding for our Snow Queen, which is one of our biggest um, and most personalized events that we we produce each year. you know, and, and in addition to that, uh, has definitely helped with some major things like the brochure for our sculpture garden, which is huge. And um, it's always a very flexible project when we're putting we're placing sculptures while we're pr- trying to print a map of where the sculptures live. It's um, Kim and her team have always been so generous to us. So we just are appreciative um, of of H2B in this community and and what, you know, this company has given back to the arts. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you saying that being here under the roof. But yeah. Well, thank you for joining us today. It's uh, yeah, it's been a good episode. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, I'm glad yes. you guys came by. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you, Amanda. And uh, yeah, this has been episode 13 of Creative Fuse from H2B Creative. And uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. If this is your first episode, especially thanks for tuning in. And be sure to hit that subscribe button, whether you're in Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. There's a little subscribe button right there. Just hit it. Make sure you get all the latest content from us. And until next time, we'll see you later. You make that easy.